bowels of One Half Radio Plaza at Life Media Studios, Sidetracked with Armstead and Poosh. Brought to you by the Second Baptist Barn Grill, your exorcism specialist. And we're back with another episode of Sidetracked. Second episode on Pulling Radio Network. My name's Armstead. I am Posh. And why do you sound so distant and far off today? 50 miles of nothing but snow-covered roads. Uh, Stop whining. Yes. Uh, Says the, the, the guy who's pushing that keyboard only has to walk 30 feet to go to bed. Hey, I've got to drive too, so don't even go there. It's not my fault you're being a wuss Yeah, both today. miles. <laughs> hey, I just drove. I just drove all the way from Marysville to get here. Ooh. <laughs> Anyways, not a ton on the books right now to get covered tonight. Unfortunately, we got a ton in one section to cover. Um, not much news really to get into. Uh, another successful and NATPA poll go- went on this past weekend down in Princeton. Uh, from everything we're hearing from Bob DeBerg, numbers are growing. They're really seeing some positive growth for the NATPA out there, which is really good to see because, let's face it, that club was running the risk of getting very stagnant and honestly probably falling apart if they didn't do something to shake it up. Yeah, I've been really pleasantly surprised to see the kind of the turnaround that's been going on with them and, and certainly looking to forward to seeing it live and in person first weekend of uh, April at Mason for the championship poll. I know I'm look I know you're looking forward to that as well. So yeah, they've turned a corner, I think, and um, trying some new ideas and, and not being afraid to do so. And that's certainly good for everybody. And, and the, the numbers show that people are getting involved again. Absolutely. And it, it's great because it is a great organization, a great group of people. Um, no, there was some stuff that came up from the previous two polls of uh, some issues, you know, I'm not going to get into name and names or getting into it, but it was great to see the response right away. First thing Monday morning by Bob DeBerg saying, Hey, listen, this isn't going to be tolerated on both sides. You know, we're handling it. You know, we, we're going to be professional. We expect it out of you guys. And it kind of really, really gave me a even more positive feedback or positive feeling out of Bob DeBerg than what we've been feeling seen already you know it really reinforced it just he could have just kind of poo-pooed it left to go off to the side and no he addressed it first thing monday morning instead of sweeping it under the rug and i know bob you listen props to you for that keep doing what you're doing and uh keep letting this club get grow and get greater every year because uh you're 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 hitting the ball in the park lately yeah no i got nothing to add nothing but uh, good things to say so glad to see it so, well, let's get into the section that uh really don't want to get into this week, but uh No. We we have to address it and if you're, you know, if you listen to our show from the beginning, we're we're a technical show, we like to talk tech, that's what drives the two of us, and we like to do a lot of show prep and make sure we got something to bring to you. Tonight is going to be different. Tonight's about the people. It's going to be stream of consciousness and that's solely due to what's going on up in our neck of the woods the last few days yeah uh section we started off the show with and uh we've always said it's going to be a permanent segment for us is the obituary remembrance section and 
last week we kind of were happy. You know, it was the first week we didn't have anybody to go over. And uh, maybe we got a little too arrogant, too cocky. And yeah. uh, unfortunately, this week we've got three. And yeah. uh, the first one we might as well go over now, Charles. Um, we'll save the one to last. I'm sorry we're communicating over this, guys, but we haven't had a lot of time nor the mental capacity, so to speak, to uh, really do a ton of show prep this week. Uh, but yeah, uh, one, of, one of these we're going to talk about, we haven't had the opportunity to really process it yet, and we will we will highlight this gentleman in the future, but we're not going to really go into it tonight. I can't handle it. I know you can't. No. Uh, let's talk about, uh, Charles, why don't you lead off with the one that we just found out about today. Um, you know a little more about the gentleman than I do. And unfortunately, I know we both don't know a ton about him, but uh, why don't you go ahead with that one? Yeah, Don Head passed away uh, from Tennessee, uh, drove the Heads Up New Holland alcohol light super stock. He was a prominent fixture in the Mid-South Pullers, uh, ran down there with them for most of the 2000s, uh, stepped away from the sport a handful of years ago, but by all accounts, a, a fine gentleman. Bob Barbie had uh, the owner of uh, Full Pull Motorsports, built a lot of chassis, had really good things to say about him. No, not a guy I ever knew. I knew of the tractor, had seen videos of it running, but uh, our thoughts and prayers certainly go out to the head family. And, uh, you know, the, your, your pulling family didn't forget about you. We, we, we still remember you and, uh, you know, hope you can uh, keep on keeping on and hopefully we'll see you this summer for some horsepower therapy. Yep, absolutely. Another one, thoughts and prayers to them. Next one we'll go over, uh, got word Sunday, or excuse me, Saturday night, afternoon night, uh, long-time puller with thumb tractor pullers, NTPA Wolverine pullers um, in the modified class, Charlie Wilcox, uh, formerly from the Lapeer, Emily City area, uh, lived up, uh, up northern uh, lower peninsula for his later years, uh, puller long known for pulling uh last tractor probably the most famous plum nasty for years in his three four and five engine combinations and why am i all of a sudden drawing a blank on the first one it was plum uh i don't remember the first one i plum nasty was a name i always knew yeah i'm drawing a blank on it, it was just discussed the other day but uh another great puller longtime friend of the joe stock family and um uh, Definitely yeah, he traveled traveled a lot with them in the in the nineties. You know, you had Bob on the Wild Child, Terry Saga with Ornery, and he fit right in with Plum Nasty. Yeah, you know, this was before, you know, Terry was really out there in full force, so it was you know, Bob it was kind of the early Joe Stock two, you know, two tractor team was uh Charlie running with him. I know we both grew up watching him. Uh more me than you, because you said you were later getting to the Emily City poll. But uh I certainly saw my share of the Wilcox power. You know, he was, well, well I'm going to save that story. We'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, de- yeah, we'll might as well give our roundtable discussion tonight is just we weren't able to mentally get through anything this week. And uh, we're, like Charles said, we're leaving the technical aspects off to the side for this week. And we're going to touch on legends and heroes. Um, we're going to touch, talk about the people that affected us the most, the big names out there. Yeah. There's going to be a lot thrown around that we, you talk about regularly. There's going to be some names you're not quite familiar with, 
but uh, we want to. I guarantee that. But we're going to make sure uh, you know quite a bit about them by the end of the night. But Charlie was one of them. You know, I grew up with him. Actually, he built a house just down the road from my parents and always stood out for the full long tube uh, headers coming out versus the uh, Calliope style like everybody else runs now. They was always a full-length headers. And uh, Plum Loco, that was the other tractor. I knew I'd find yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Plum yeah. Loco. But, now I'm curious uh, which chassis it is that uh, Shannon's have, and there's a the, one of that was uh, is up here somewhere. Uh, no, Shannon's that was the last chassis that was Plum Nasty's chassis. I talked to them. It was in Emily City, I think, two years after they bought the chassis, and that was Plum Nasty, but they ran it as a three-engine. Uh, but Charlie, very famous for running naturally aspirated motors when a lot of guys were going to blower motors. You know, yeah, he stuck with it. And he made it work. The longest. Yes, yes. And uh, so thoughts and prayers out there. You know, Charlie, we mi- definitely miss seeing him out on the track. Hadn't been pulling for a super long, you know, for quite some time he hadn't pulled. But uh, definitely missed and uh, tractor will never be forgotten along with a puller. No, that's for sure. And the last one we want to hit, we have to cover here. And like I said, we're not going to go into great depth on this one because this guy deserves a lot more than what we can do right now tonight just because it's hard to wrap our heads around right now and fully uh, cope with. Uh, TTPA family lost a very large figurehead and uh, guy you saw at every poll. Um Mr. Johnny Griggs, longtime six farm puller, uh, go fast, V8 hot rod, but later years was a six farm puller. Um, lost him at the uh, at a very young age, uh, just mid 60s. So, um, Johnny, longtime puller, uh, has been dealing with health problems for years. Those of you been around the sport, been around thumb tractor pullers, noticed. You know, every year more Johnny depending more and more on the oxygen tanks, and uh, got word uh, Sunday night or su- excuse me Sunday morning, uh, Johnny left us and uh, is no longer in pain. So uh, thoughts and prayers to Lisa and his family. Um, this is not all we're going to cover on Johnny. We're going to put together a nice tribute. One thing we do want to mention to the TTPA family that listens: we are taking donations. Um, what we are going to do is due to Larry Pewterbaugh, who we talked about in prior episodes and, uh, Johnny, who both competed in six farm. I've already contacted Tony Hewitt, president of thumb tractor pullers and, uh, have reserved the six farm class sponsors, uh, spot. And, uh, we are going to be doing that in the name of Larry Pewterbaugh and Johnny Griggs. Uh, for the 2016 season. So if you guys would like to contribute to that, get a hold of Charles or myself on Facebook. You guys can go on our uh, right onto our show page if you want. Sidetrack sidetrack with Armstead and Posh. Or if you have us on our personal Facebook, shoot us a message and uh, let us know if you want to help contribute to it. Yeah, most of you guys got my number. Get a hold of me however you want to. If you want to be a part of it, something we're we're going to do it anyway. But if you want to be involved, by all means. Yep. No matter what, it's going to happen. So we will get back to more on Johnny 
Uh, I believe next week we're going to try to put an effort into uh, getting something nice done up for him to do over the show. Yeah. But uh, just our our heads are not there this week to do it. And we I apologize for that to our listeners. It's, you know, we're, we're trying to get through this the best we can. We lost a very, very dear friend. Yep, we miss you, buddy. So with that, we're going to take a short break here. I know we didn't have much for news. Um, so once again, uh, give our sponsorship, uh, sponsors a listen to this is, uh, sidetracked on pulling radio network. Life media tech is your one-stop shop for multimedia photography, videography, live event productions, and web systems and infrastructure design and maintenance. Life media can handle it all. Drew and I trust life media to use years of experience to bring sidetrack to you each and every week. Isn't it a time that you did the same? Serving Metro Detroit and the Blue Water area, contact Life Media directly at 810-689-4151. That's Life Media, 810-689-4151. And we're back with Sidetracked on Pulling Radio Network. We're going to dive right into our roundtable discussion here uh, tonight. Um legends and heroes and where they place in our hearts and minds and uh, how they shaped our uh, love and passion for pulling. And I know, Charles, you and I have talked this week about uh, um, different uh, different pullers that have really shaped and formed us. Some we've known about from prior times, some stories that we got to that we both never knew about out of, out of each other. So... Uh, yeah. let's dive right in, Charles. Why don't you lead off with, uh, one of yours? I can guess probably who you're going to lead off with, but, uh, we'll you let could, you, you just could, shape it. You could, but I'm actually going to, I'm going to shift gears on, on you real quick because I'm going to go back to Charlie Wilcox. He was one of those guys who I did see him in the nineties. I got to see him pull on occasion. I might've even seen him at the silver dome, uh, pulling with us hot rod back even in the eighties. And what stuck with me about him was a local guy, of course, B pushing them alcohol fueled big blocks against all the supercharger guys. Just, it was something different. And I liked that. That stuck with me. Yeah. He definitely had a different way of getting it, you know, getting it done. I was always a more of a wild child fan. I have a brother uh, for the listeners who don't know. He's two years younger than me. I got two brothers actually. One who's seven years younger than me, so there's quite an age difference. But Alex, my uh, middle brother, and I, we, you know, grew up going to the polls together, started pulling the same time, you know, same year. And uh, we always, you know, one guy, one would pick one tractor, I would, one would pick the other. I was always a Joe Stock fan. I was always a wild child with, you know, what was he going to do next? And Alex was always Charlie Wilcox with Plum Nasty. And, um, Definitely one that stuck, you know, they stuck out in our head because one, they were promoter, local promoters. They put on the first NTPA poll of the season every year at the Emily City Fairgrounds, you know, the Spring Nationals poll. And that, that was always, yeah. you know, something to look forward to. That first poll, the second week of June, was just always something to get, get that blood flow and get the season starting. And it wasn't until uh, Wolverine went over to Brigden, Ontario for the uh, pull and shine 
that we had mm-hmm. a poll actually earlier in the season. And that was only because yeah, it was true. a week before. But yeah, um, boy, boy, did I have some experiences over there camping. Let me tell you. Oh, that's a whole different topic. We'll get into that when Jay Sutherland <laughs> comes on the show. We'll get into the Canadian Great White North, uh, so to speak, uh, show. But, uh, you know, Charlie's just a great guy. Actually, I've gotten to know one of uh, his uh, his main wrench for years. Guy lives just down the road, has been very active helping out with a poll that I put on for uh, American Legion Post 525. And oh, pulls, you said it right this week. Yes, I got it right. And uh, pulls uh, garden tractors and that. And I see him at, you know, one of the accounts I go in and service machines at, you know, he's in there. And he, you know, he's told me some stories of, you know, diff- they were experimenting with tire angles and degrees of cut, you know, degrees of cut, you know, taper on the, the le- leading edges and, you know, different bar heights and things of that. Before even the Puller 2000s were out there, they were doing these with the old Firestone 151s and BF Goodriches. So uh, it was, it's definitely cool to hear that side and what they were trying to do and trying to keep them NA motors running as long as they did. You know, he did eventually go to supercharge, but it was very, very late in his career. Interesting. I don't remember him doing that. Yeah, it was the last season he ran. That 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 I did not know that. And even you know, to this day, Shannon still run that chassis with three NA. I could be on. wrong on that. Andy Gerbach will probably let me know. But then again, that is well, a memory from was. 15 years ago now. So. Because he, he got, story has he got out of pulling due to health issues caused by the years of abuse of pulling and prior motorsports stuff, you know, heart issues actually because of it. So, uh, but anything's possible. You know, I get, it happened to me, you know, a day or so ago, I found a video that I'm, you know, this is, <laughs> we're in the nostalgia kick around here. Everybody's been bitten by this bug and I've got a pile of old Armada fair videos that I'm going through and posting those up on Facebook. And if you go to my YouTube channel, you can find all this stuff. But uh, one of the things I found in there was uh, from 2004, Jim Martell had sold off Goss Hog and he was there that night with a modified that I had never seen him pull before. And it, I, I couldn't place it. And it was Bill Douglas's old spook out of Ontario. So just another name that, you know, there, there it is on the radar. So, you know, it's quite possible Charlie did do some supercharged pulling and just got past me. Yeah, like I said, I, I honestly, it's hard to remember. Just, you know, we're, we're reminiscing back, you know, me 15, 20 years. You, you know, more than that because you're considerably older than me, so. Yeah, well, yeah, going back, for, for, for me, conscious, conscious memories of pulling goes back 30-plus years, and, and you pile on top of that the fact that, you know, I've been announcing now for, for 15 years, you know, I see on average of what, I don't know, a thousand plus passes every summer. I can't, I can't remember at all. <laughs> yep. Oh, excuse me. I was wrong. According to polling reference, and you guys are going to hear this website brought up quite a bit. If you're not familiar with it, definitely worth going and looking up every puller that's ever hooked a tractor. Uh, they have the tractors they ran, the years they ran it, and uh, yeah. the breakdown of what motors. Dan, Dan the only, only one I'm in there. Yep, the only one I'm not seeing on here is Charlie running uh, 
Plum Loco, but they got Plum Nasty as three engine NA from 88 to 93. 94, he ran uh, the four NAs. In 95, he finally went to the five NAs, which was the last year he ran. So we're talking about, you know, what, 21 years ago. It would have been the year my youngest brother was born, the uh, last time we got to see Charlie go down a track. Wow. But I'm machine, man. Oh, yeah, it's... Definitely. And actually, while we're talking, you know, the Emily City crew, so to speak, a uh, story that I've brought up to Charles, um, you know, it's one that's always stuck with me, but, uh, you know, it's really with seeing all the old mod pictures, mods were never my big thing. I never really got into the V8 power plants as much as I did the diesel smokers and the alcohol burners later on. But uh, going back to the Emily City f- pull, um, I had been five, six years old and it was a drizzly day out and my dad and I went out there. My mom, younger brother did not go with us and we were standing behind the old, you know, on the North side of the track where the grandstand seats were between two buildings. There was a pickup truck with a gooseneck with a modified tractor on the back. And, uh, we walked by, you know, went, looked at the track and we walked back and the puller was there. And we got talking with him, and we talked with this guy for probably 45 minutes an hour. And it was the dirt dancer, Wayne Creech. And the patience and, you know, time he put in talking to my dad and then talking to me, you know, breaking things down, explaining stuff to me on a mod tractor really helped me gain appreciation for the class, you know. His tractor stood out because, yes, you're seeing more and more of the guys running the small aircraft tires on the front in modern times but back then you were still seeing guys running down the track with the you know 14 15 inch drag lights on the front so definitely a cool tractor and i know charles you and i both talk such a clean looking tractor and another one i kind of want to know whatever happened with that one yeah and i i i want to say that i did know at one particular point in time what had happened to the various chassis that he had built but you touched on something and and this is a group of guys it's actually a group of guys not just wayne creech that were formative for me coming up, you know, through the nineties and, and the early two thousands, never had a personal interaction with any of these fellas, but all four of them were, I'd heard stories about how, how classy they were, how nice they were, good fellas. And, and that certainly influenced me to follow them and pay attention to them. That's the Busco gang out of Cher Busco, Indiana, Wayne Creech out of Albion's one of them. The other three are Don Daffhorn, who pulled the Hustler two-wheel drive in Region 2 in Wolverine State. Yep. Um, Ed Stahl, who had the Triple Trouble with the three Wedgehead Chryslers on it. And Wayne Kreider, the Double Dose Plus One. Just three guys, who I or four guys, that I just totally glommed onto and really, really enjoyed watching. And I know Wayne Kreider is still out there uh, of, the, of, of them. Well, in the stalls are too, but uh, you know, Wayne Kreider, he's a... He may be retired now. It was a maintenance director for the school district down there, and, and pulling was his thing on the side. And he was another guy in the 90s who was running the NA motors, had four big block Chevys on there um, against all the blower stuff. And in the late 1990s, he switched over to uh, 555 supercharged Chevys and, and really never looked back. There was talk from him in the mid-2000s about maybe going to a light super. Didn't do it. He wound up sticking with the mod, but uh, – you know, there's there's a there's a crew of guys out of Northeast Indiana, and I guess I'll throw Scott and Kara Tedder and the Mr. Twister bunch in with them too, as being really real influential people for me. And 
and Scott and Kara are just first-class great people if you ever get a chance to talk to them. Love seeing them out and, uh, and doing well. Absolutely. You know, I was actually just pulling up here, just trying to figure out the time frame, what Wayne would have been running. And at that time, Dirt Dancer, he would have been running three Chevys on there. So, you know, back to, you know, before the times of uh, the guys running five motors regularly or four motors regularly, back when three would get the job done, you know, something we've seen kind of fall off the wayside, especially on Grand National level. Since Ken Venny left to go to the Mini, you know, yeah. you're not seeing the guys running the three engines like they used to and getting the job done. There's a handful of them, you know, Ricky Rose that does with the giddy up, you know, he's still out there doing it. And, and I hear talk of maybe one or two others that are going to try it again this year, but, but uh, yeah, the, the triples aren't out there. And Wayne's, Wayne's old uh, two plus one stair step triple was just the cleanest thing you ever saw uh, right up there with the stairs, you know, two plus one stair step triple that Mr. Twister used to be. Just a classic look. Um, Ken Ken Miller's corn and soybean special still looks that way, and I just I love how that looks. Yeah, that's another one I remember watching quite often up here, you know. And we can talk. We'll stay on mods here for a little bit because we got a, you know a lot of show to cover yet here. But uh, one that always stood out for me when you, later on, you know, is uh, Dave Schneider's uh, single turbine John Deere ninety four hundred mod. Oh, the crop duster! You're the gonna like duster. what I'm. You're gonna like what I got to throw up on uh, Facebook from the vintage video here. You know, days. it was never super impressive going down the track, but it was that little three-cylinder engine with the tra- <laughs> auto trans on it that yeah. sounded like it was absolutely just gonna throw a rod through every side of the block for every yep. startup. And then the clanking of the gears, because it didn't make a smooth shift. That thing sounded no. like a drop so hard. And that would come back to life just to spool it up. You know, it was probably the most interesting, interesting sounding tractor you've ever heard in your life. And I honestly don't know what, I've seen pictures of where that one went. You it's know. down in Ohio now, and it's got two more smaller turbines hanging either side of the main GE T-64. Okay, so that I know I've seen it out there, but... You know, it was kind of an oddball thing, and that one went to the wayside after the legend was pulled. They pulled both consecutively. And then when he came out with Space Invader, you know, Crop Duster was long gone by that point. Yeah, actually, the, some of the video I was working on earlier today was from the Armada Fair 2001 when it was the first year he had the legend, and he ran Crop Duster and the legend side by side. The legend was still green from Art Arfon's days. And it was 2002, the next year, when the legend got the blue paint and he debuted the new triple uh, Space Invader and Crop Duster was sold. You know, I've, Space Invader's another one. I remember, I don't know, were you out at Emily City the year Space Invader decided it didn't like its T-64s anymore? No, I missed that one. Um, I do have the the 2002. The the I think it was actually the night he debuted it um, on my YouTube page. I was there and filmed it. But no, I missed the, the the night it didn't like itself. Oh, that was impressive for a young guy. You know, at that point, I would have been, you know, early high school, middle school, and uh, the tractor for our sound engineer. The guy got about a hundred foot down the track. And one of the 
uh, compress. Yeah, use either the compressor wheels or one of the driven fans on the turbine. Let go, dynamited into the right motor. Let go, dynamited into the left motor. Blew both of them apart, and they were part shooting a hundred feet up in the air, back in the pit side crowd. Now that's a good show. It was probably one of the scariest things I've seen pulling, but at the same time, probably one of the coolest things you've ever seen. Just because you, the motors are normally so reliable, you know, they're a naturally balanced motor. You know, you don't expect a failure like that. No, but you know what? I found, I, you know, this is this is really expanding things and tying into something else that we're going to talk about in a future show with the land speed record stuff. I found a video, it's on YouTube somewhere, where Art Arfons is talking about that he had bought these, it wasn't the turbine engines that went in the pullers, but jet engines for his, his unlimited land speed car. And he wasn't, you know, for whatever reason, he bought these at a military auction, and they they were somewhat classified. He had some people from the military come around and be like, you can't have these. And he's like, well, I got them, so what now? But he was talking in this video about, yeah, there was some damage to some of the impellers. So he just counted around the wheel, cut one off somewhere else on the wheel where it was balanced, and ran the thing, and it went in the car, and they went 600 miles an hour with it. <laughs> God, that's a scary thought. Actually, I'm looking. With sp- we'll go back to Space Invader for a minute. And I thought I th- I remember this. It was the first year Space Invader debuted. It was just a two-engine turbine. But what threw me off with that is it wasn't a balanced two-engine turbine. It had one in the center of the chassis, and then it had one hanging off the right-hand side. There were a handful like that. And I think, uh, I want to say Bob Swanson has one that's, it's that way down in Ohio, even today. And Bob was right there with Art all through the 70s, even through to now, running the turbine mods. And, you know, first experience for me for a turbine mod was the first year I went down to Bowling Green. And I got to see Dusty Arfons and Art Arfons and uh, Mr. Gardner Stone run. And yeah. uh, it, it was cool. It was something different. You didn't see that up here in Michigan. We were still very much... A V8 stronghold or the occasional Allison aircraft. You didn't have that cross, you know, you didn't have the turbine guys till Dave Snyder got involved with it. Yeah, I saw I saw Art and Dusty both at the Silverdome uh, a, a number of times. But here's another one. Here, let's go back into the archives. A tractor. I'm going to see if I can find this on pulling reference. Who owned it? But there was a turbine tractor that sticks out in my mind. Yeah, as a kid in the 80s growing up, a cool TV show was Airwolf, where there was a twin turbine mod called Airwolf. And I just, it, that one comes, here we are, stream of consciousness, that one comes to my mind, how cool that was. I remember the TV show, but now you got me wondering who that could have been. Yeah, Google search isn't finding it right away, but I, I know there was a twin, it had a... Yes, uh, Donnie Sullivan ran it. Really? Okay. Yeah, I just I just searched it was on yes. the page I was on. Donnie Sullivan ran it eighty six yeah. and eighty seven. A uh, twin Sullivan turbine. Team. There's there's pictures of that on the Sullivan Pulling Team Facebook page of the Kentuckian and Airwolf together. Yes, you're right. You know I what? Now that you mentioned, yep. I did see the pictures on uh, the Sullivan Pulling page before of Airwolf, and I don't know why I didn't think about it. Yeah, that's that was another really cool one. I, I don't know. 
I don't recall that I ever saw it in person. I, I can probably say with almost almost certainty that I didn't, but I do remember it, you know, in magazines and whatnot, you know, because there was <laughs> there was no internet back in 1986. <laughs> no, the closest you got to anything made no, you didn't even have Encarta at that point. <laughs> No, I mean, literally, it was whatever you could find on a newsstand, and back then you had, uh, you know, Pulling Power was one of the magazines that was out there, and, and the Puller, of course, from NCPA was around, and I think there was there was one other title, I don't remember the what it was, that had some stuff, and boy, I had issues that I had bought at the bookstore, and I read them so many times, literally, the pages were just, they, the magazines fell apart, I read them so much as a kid. Yeah, see, I, it wasn't until we got, going down to Bowling Green, I got to know the uh, Puller and uh stuff like you know getting to realize there was magazines out there involving this passion that i had this craziness but uh you know the mod tractors you know like we said up here you know you, you'd see mr twister come out and play you know hey whatever your cooking's done <laughs> wow <laughs> I just heard beeping, and it might have been in my head, but whatever. But It came through the phone. I heard it. <laughs> but let's move over uh, four-wheel drive trucks. And, you know, names that stood out up here, you know, we do have our local guys, you know, Doug McCurchy, people like that. You know, you saw um, the Wisniewski team. Um, you know, I remember seeing Mike run for years, you know. But uh, stick on NTPA level up here. It was Midnight Raider. It yeah, was Jim Bosch. Yeah. Jim Bosch. It was uh, Three Bears. The Smiths would come all the way from Virginia and pull up here a lot. Yeah. Oh, all the time. All the time. And, uh, you know, those are the two that always stuck out to me, being a Chevy guy. You know, later on you had uh, Scott Phillips come out with Yankee Blue. And I guess that was one that always stood out in my head, not only because he was a local guy from Marlette, you know, and actually still, every time we go to a couple poles, we drive by his house and his uh, gas station he has. But uh, it was the first was newer body-style truck. Even today, you know, one people wondering what happened to him. Even today, you know, on, on the message, on Fonda's message board, somebody was asking, you know, what happened to Scott and where are the trucks? I think he still has the trucks as far as I've he heard. Did. He's still got both of them. They're both in the shop. But he's gone to circle track racing. Yeah, he got into the late model stuff, but when I saw him at Caro uh, this year, he, he was he was banged up a little bit and was talking about maybe getting back to the trucks. But you know, having having a cast on your forearm tends to influence your thinking I, just a little bit. I would say you're lucky. I was at Caro and I didn't even I honestly couldn't get picked the guy out of a lineup. But you know, that truck always stood out to me because it was a newer body style truck. Up here, yeah. it was the square body Fords. And the square body Chevys. There wasn't any yeah. dodges to speak of running. No, he came out with that Super Duty, and it was just like, ooh. And, and especially that, that blue paint that he cooked up. Ooh. Oh, that is probably the prettiest blue I've ever seen. And uh, he will not. He will not let you have it. He won't even tell you where it came from. Oh, man. But, you know, it's, you know, like I said, the Bosch team, and actually it was, like you said, three bears. It was funny uh, to get into that one. Seeing the truck out there with updated sheet metal as of recent. Yeah. And it threw me for a loop, and I honestly, I'm sitting there going, no, 
No, this is supposed to be a square body Chevy of 80s vintage for the rest of eternity, you know. So, yeah, I'll take you back even farther than that, and not even necessarily on a local level. Uh, Ken and Paula Gein, the Oklahoman, and the black gold trucks out of Oklahoma City were some trucks I really, really liked seeing. That's uh, they were they were names that stuck out in my head. And another one, uh, Joe Gilbert, Gaines, Michigan, a Motown missile. Now, being this close to Detroit, how could you not like a truck like that? You know, that's one I honestly do not remember. Yeah, it's back from the old. Uh, he ran well. He ran NCPA, but the U.S. Hot Rod Association um, saw him in the Silver Dome. Uh, purple and silver Chevy square body, if I remember right, and uh, just, just a cool truck. And uh, he, he had one before that that you'll appreciate. This one, the, the truck before Motown Missile, Whiskey Bent and Hellbound. Ah, good Hank Jr. reference. Yes. You know the four wheel drive truck scene up here. I mean, we had quite a few, and I'm drawing a lot of blanks on you know who I would see, and a lot of times I would only see them at Emily City. You know. Because that was the closest NTPA poll for us. You know, Burville, we'd see some stuff, you know, ATPA action and that. You know, one that I, you know, he's still pulling now, and it just seems to me like he's been around forever, is Rob Foster with the Simply Rob, Red. Rob's been in a long time. Um, I remember him actually even from before the four-wheel drive days when he was pulling V, that rods and thumb, you know. Uh, yeah, he, he goes back in this area a long time. Uh some other trucks, Dave Closser, the Zip Express, that was a cool truck to see in this area. Uh, the Lean Meat Machine out of West Michigan, the, the S10-bodied trucks, I think they, they had two for a while. They're back down to one. Um, Temporary Insanity, Ron Newell, another truck came up out of Ohio a lot to run Wolverine that I saw back in the day. Another another one that we were always, always glad when he pulled out of the staging lanes and hooked to the sled. You know, one I just pulled up here. I even it just popped up as Jeff Schaefer. Yeah, win, lose, win, draw. Lose, draw. Every yeah, year sure. was up here. You know, yeah, I'm just kind of scanning through guy. stuff. You know, it was, you know, another one. S10 bodied trucks forever. Yeah, yeah, that's another great one. I got, uh, I remember when he came out, it would have been, God, I want to say this was 1999. He went to the Silverado from the S10 and had that uh, new PPG chroma color whatever the the you change your angle and it's purple yep. then it's green then it's yep. gold the chameleon paint scheme <laughs> the chameleon paint scheme and <laughs> no, sorry jeff <laughs> he got done on his run and backed up the sled and, and backed up goosed it a little too hard and crunched the rear end of that beautiful body <laughs> oops that was at lake odessa that was at lake odessa 1999 grand national another one that just popped up on my list is uh we saw it later on, actually, in the Supermods, was Bad Habit. I don't even know if you remember that oh, one. Bob uh, Seal. Mods, yes, Steve Klingenberg. Yep. Well, not yep. Mod. I'm talking about the four-wheel drive truck. Oh, four-wheel drive. Mm-mm. Who had that one? Bob Seal. That would. That one you might you'd see every once in a while pop up. He wouldn't. He would never run in the class because he was a Supermod. But he was just out of Plymouth, Ohio, so he, you know, you'd see him come up for early runs up in Emily City, mainly for a test and tune. No, don't remember that one. 
See, that was the cool part about Emily City is you saw a lot of stuff that you would you never sure see did. any other time of the year just because it was that first hook and everybody was, you know, wanting to get out there, get some runs in, and it was an easy pull to go test and tune at. There were a handful of years in the late 1990s when Jordan Lustick would haul all the way out of Pennsylvania yes. to come there and pull. Yeah. Yes, that was a first experience for me with a uh, alcohol burning tractor up here. It was a diesel world. I did not realize there were tractors that were running on something other than um, diesel, that there was alcohol tractors out there. And I knew there were, and I'm going to drop a name on you and go, I'm going to go way back before you were born. My first experience with alcohol burners came very shortly after my main diesel guy, who we'll get to in later, Jerry Tuggle with his 460, the yes. old binder boy at Armada. That was my first alcohol tracker that I ever saw. But back, and you're talking a light super stock at that point. Light or, super, yeah. It wasn't it was even referred to as light super at that point. No, it, it was, was just a 7500 super. Yeah, it was a 5500 super. You know, we're, he still has it. We got to, we, you know what? We got to take a trip. We got to go see Jerry and go see that one. And we got to go see Dave Valentine and go check out part time. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, I can get a hold of Dave. I'll, I'll see him this coming Tuesday. So I'll have to see if we let's, can. Let's figure it out. We'll find a day and we'll go do that. But, uh, you know, I just pulled it up here just to see. Yeah, I think it would have been 96 had been the first, 96 or 97 been the first year I saw an alcohol burning tractor. And that was when Jordan and Rich Lustick brought it to Armada um, right after they bought it off of uh, the Connor Brothers. Really? They they, they had that at Armada? Oh, I don't remember. Not Armada, sorry, Emily City. Emily City. God, I remember the first year the Wild Thing came out when it was a 7250 brand yes. new Alki, and they were there for the Firecracker Pole in 96 at Armada. And just, oh my God. First time ever seen a Brent Long engine. And it's just like, whoa, what is this? This is something else. Yeah, you know, Silver Bullet came in, and it was the old white paint scheme with the explosion of red, orange, yellow, green, blue tractors coming off. Yeah, the bullets. Yep. The bullets. And it was just the coolest thing. And it hits the track. There's no smoke. It's a V8 engine, which you're not used to hearing up here. You know, it was all in line sixes at that point. And he Except comes one. and he would put, he put 50 feet on everybody. Yeah. And it's going, whoa, what the hell was that? And it yeah. just, it stands out in my head. And I've kind of had a love-hate relationship with the Lustics. You know, for a stretch there, I felt they got too commercial. They were one of the first crews to get really commercial with it, with their Sempico sponsorships. But uh, that wasn't what did it for me. And I will will say that, you know, Jordan and Richard never talked to them. They they seem like nice, nice people and, and genuine. And I think they're the real deal. But back in the late 1990s, early 2000s, when they were coming out and they were just kicking the crap, the Connors were a separate thing. But when they were really just pounding on the diesels, I got a, I chose sides, man. It pissed me off. I was, I was down with red line fever and red horse and, and uh, green line fever, and all the smoker guys. And I was like, what's this alcohol crap? You know, this is it's cheating. You know, it, yeah. it just drove me up a wall. I didn't like it. I chose sides and I came down on the side of the diesel, you know, today I, I, they're separate now. So there's that, but, um, 
and I'll, I'll always be a diesel guy at heart, but I, I've come to appreciate the Alki burners and, and really what they, what they bring to the table. And, you know, you bring up a good point there as we're talking about this. Is that, you know, alcohol tractors were there. Dave Straggle ran it, you know, how many years ago in, um, in Ugly, you know. But, you know, it just, alcohol was always kind of there. And Bad Medicine really kind of kicked off the alcohol world. And once they got yeah. that, you know, in the era that we know it now. And then when Lustix hit it, you know, bought it and rebadged it as Silver Bullet, you know, with the updated sheet metal and really started actively campaigning and traveling with the tractor, you saw the explosion of alcohol on the scene. And yes, it did divide a lot of people. A lot of people were very much, no, this is not right. No, they should not be allowed to run this. You know, they're, uh, you said they're cheating, you know, they're doing something wrong, yada, yada, yada. Um, Stuff got vicious back back then. I mean, you know, you, everybody goes on the message boards today and, and thinks, oh, you know, they see so, they see a topic blow up and they go, ooh, you know, it, it's getting mean. You should have been there 15 years ago and see some of the stuff that got written. Holy cow. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you'd go to a poll and you'd watch. It was two classes in one class. You know, the diesel guys just never could get there to keep up with the alcohol guys because they're getting more horsepower. They're burning it cooler. They're achieving higher tire speeds because they got the higher horsepower and they're blowing the doors off of them. Yeah. You know, so it became, okay, which diesel tractor is going to win the diesel side, which Elkie's going to win the Elkie side. And you saw a lot of the diesel guys just pull back out of the picture completely. You know, or, or there were years when Esden Lane completely took a year off from running Grand National. He just said he threw his hands up, so I, I can't do it. And you know, thankfully, he's still out there with us. And you know, the, a polarizing figure, but he's helped a lot of people out in the diesel world, and and he's earned every bit of success he's had. And he's been at the top of his game for closing in on forty years, and there aren't many people that can say that. So love him or hate him, you got to respect him. Oh, absolutely. He's not known as King of Smoke for uh, just for posterity's sake. You know, and that's, you know, you get into it and you brought up, you know, Wild Thing when Arnie and Joe brought out the first one like you talked about, which always stood out to me for the wheels underneath the front weight bracket, you know. Well, that was there was a story behind that. It had nothing to do with today's, you know, having the skis or for protection. No, wasn't it for loading? Yeah, they just couldn't get it up the ramps into their their straight truck they used to haul it. You know, that's there's a story right there I want to talk about. Growing up, you'd see the tandem axle, expedite trucks, straight trucks, whatever you want to call them. And, you know, Tom Harmon ran one. Raps had one. You know, Kwiatkowski's had one. I always thought, you know, being a little kid, five, six years old, those trucks, they haul pulling tractors. That's yeah. what their use in life is. That's all they do. You know, now you're seeing the guys, you know, back then it was, you know, Old school buses, you know, oh, goose the school buses were so awesome, and there's still a handful of them around, and not too many guys use them anymore. I'm uh, trying to think who was a mod guy that we always would see up uh, here. Plumber's Nightmare out of Trafalgar, Indiana. Yes. Um, his name's escaping me right now, but he still uses one. And that tractor still, still looks like an old school tractor because it is literally just a nightmare of lines running everywhere well, i think the straggle boys plumbed yeah. it for him you know just yeah it certainly has an appropriate name but for all that though 
he's a threat in region too, man. He gets it done. Oh yeah, and he's run the Hueys. You know, he's running the baby turbines. Or has he graduated T64s now? Um, from your test of my knowledge, I think the center is a T64, and then the side ones are T55s. But I'm sure I'll get mail at uh, AP at sidetrackpulling.com about how wrong I am. You know, that's one that always stood out to me seeing pictures of. It. I never got to see him run. You know, I heard a couple times he'd show up to Bowling Green. But, yeah, you know, he used to just come up here in the thumb. Turbines just strapped everywhere on this thing. He used to run them stair step. There was the, you know, the big one on the bottom and then the little, just one up on Don Dean. Damn. Couldn't remember his name. He had, had the little one on the, or the big one on the bottom, a little one up top. And it was, it was in front of his face. The drop box was like five feet tall. So how does he even see where he's going? You, you know, there's lots of them combinations like that, you know, but get back to, you know, the super stock stuff, you know, that, like I said, that's to me, that's what them, those tandem axle straight trucks are for, is that's all they did was they hauled around pulling tractors. And now a 53-foot trailer, everybody's got to have one. You don't see, you know, you know, up for us, Rob Gervin, you know, Gervin boys, they are running one, but you don't see the guys running the straight trucks anymore. Uh, Lee Butts, I think, is the only one I can think of offhand that was still running one that ran Grand National, and even that truck is... Uh, State, he's state going, he's, level. Yeah, he went away from that. He sold that to uh, Ben Booms, and he's running at, at the short, short semi trailer now, like a thirty-eight footer or something. Yeah, it's an oddball, but you know, talk about tractors that stand out. And this is a story, uh, as far as super stock is concerned, a story that stands out in my head. You know, once again, as being a young impressionable kid, you know, we're going with his dad to a tractor pull, is uh, going to Armada. And, uh, my dad going, Hey, come back in the pits. And, uh, this was back before all the new grandstands and all that, where they'd actually put the pits on the West side of the track. You know, it wasn't just carnival like it is now. And, uh, you know, you'd have some tractors lined up, backed up against the, you know, the big covered grandstands and that, and walking up to this big at orange Alice Chalmers. Yeah. Yeah, and, you told me this story the other night, and yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, walking up, my dad goes, hey, I get, you know, you know, I know this guy. Let's go talk to him. I'm like, all right, dad. Yeah, okay, whatever, you know. And, you know, I'm just looking at this tractor going, wow. And lo and behold, my dad knows this super stock puller, you know. He's standing there talking for him a half hour, and I'm just looking at this tractor. And lo and behold, now I'm a Lions Club member with this guy. You know, I see him in Ontario all the time, and it's Dave Valentine yeah, with his D21 he, he ran for years. He was another one of those guys who, you know, in addition to Tom Harmon with what he did with his, his back to the old light super, the, the 686, it was so very formative for me and, and, and making a massive impression on me. In addition to, to him and, and Jerry Tuggle, and the third name would be Dave Valentine's, and with a part-time D21, and, and I suppose I, I, I've always been a red guy because of Tom, but I've always had a soft spot for the Alice's, and that's because of Dave and, and what he did at the fair, and I just remember that so well. And, you know, talking about what we did to start the program off, there are some of these guys who I do personally know and do get the chance to see Dave is one of those, and he's at so many events that we get to travel to, whether we're announcing or just there as fans, and 
without fail, if I run into him in the pits, even if just to say hi, I always do. You know, I say, hi, Dave, how you doing? And, and we exchange words for a minute or two, even if I can't, don't have the time to talk. I try to at least say hi to the guy because he's one of those childhood heroes. And, and Dave, if you listen to the show, you know, you're, you're one of those guys who's just in, I go fanboy when I see you, you know, you're, you're one of those guys I look up to still do. And, you know, for me is I always heard the name Dave Valentine and, you know, I, when I started going over to Ontario and announcing, you know, he goes over there with the Cross Brothers or goes over the Capozo, with the Capozo clan with uh, yeah. their tractor. And, you know, it didn't never clicked on me who he was. He always looked familiar because you see him at all the polls. And it wasn't until I went over with my dad here um, <laughs> in September, September, early October, we were over in Alvinston. My dad goes, well, you know who that is, right? I go, no, who is it? He goes, that's Dave Valentine. And all of a sudden it clicked in my head. I'm like, oh, no kidding. You know, and now I've gotten to know him a lot better. And uh, hell, he knows more about what's going on with uh, the show and my announcing and things like that than than I do. Because every time I turn around, he already knows what's going to go on next for some reason. But uh, that's what experience does great guy and you know i love that he's still out there helping other teams out you know and going there and being active in the sport when you know since his uh son-in-law's gotten out of it you know ken measle you know you don't see him out there as much no no and and you know we've already alluded to it we're we are going to go there we're going to go see he he still has the part-time d21 we're going to go check that out and uh Try to get, try to shoot some video of it, get some pictures of it, talk to him, find out what it would take to get this thing running, and uh, with with what they're doing at Bowling Green this year with the 50th anniversary and the, the living legends, I don't know. I don't know what condition the thing is still in. I don't know that. I, I knowing Dave, it's probably pretty well cared for. What would it take to just drag it out? You know, turn the fuel and the boost down a little bit and just one just last make, pass. Not even one last, just again. I'm not going to say one last. I don't want to limit myself. Again. Do it again. And, uh, boy, that would be so cool. You know, while we're in, you know, this area, you name that stuck out for me, and I've talked about on the show a couple times already, and the tractor to me and the super stock realm, to me that will always be the ultimate Diesel super stock is not Edson Lane for me. Don't get me wrong. Love Edson red line fever, but it will always come down to Jerry Van Dorpy and screaming demon Two. the nine eighty six would probably the most unique exhaust system you've ever seen on it. The twin yeah. kind of longhorn stacks coming off the front with the yeah. shrouds over the two turbos, you know, and the only guy who gets close is Mike Pribel with the uh, Alice Chalmers 220 that he's got yep. down in Indiana. Yeah. Yep. But, you know, the tractor, you could always see, you always knew when Screaming fired up in the pits. Oh, yeah. You know, Armada, you would see it. Emily City, you'd see it. We saw, you know, one year he was down in Bowling Green with it, and he was off the, um, off the hot pit of the north track is where he was parked. And all of a sudden, you just saw smoke rings coming up Signature. from behind the hauler. And I go, screaming just fired up. Yeah. And my dad knew. looks over and he goes, you're right. And sure enough, about half hour later, you know, finally gets over. 
And sure enough, it was Screaming Demon 2. I mean, didn't matter what with this tractor. It always blew smoke rings. I have never seen another tractor do that. I don't no, know. I if... mean, occasionally, yes, one or two, but not not as consistently no. as that one did from both sides. Both stacks did it. Yeah, you know, and it just, it's, you know. Somewhere, actually, I have, I've got to find it. It's one of the few tapes that I originally, that I shot originally um, from Hillsdale. It was 1998, and I haven't, I haven't found the tape yet to uh, convert it and upload it, but I, I focused in the camera on that very phenomenon. It's just, it's one of just those cool things. Yeah, you know. I'll, I'll have to find that. And Jerry, another one of those who just longevity in the sport, you know, I'm pulling up once again, referencing uh polling reference. Uh, I believe it's Dan Mayer's uh, website. If yeah. uh, memory serves me right. And a great job there. You can also find them on uh, the polling reference on Facebook or uh, the good old days of uh, pulling uh, Andy Gerbach and Dan's on there all the time. Yeah. If you think, you know, something about pulling, you need to talk to these guys those two just, oh man you, you don't know anything these guys <laughs> these guys i i mess andy messaged us uh thursday or last thursday after we got done with our podcast and um you know i referred to him he is the professor of pulling and he goes no i'm just a fan who loves the sport no these guys are the professors they could literally teach history lessons on on pulling and it's a great thing it really is because it allows guys like us to sound more intelligent because there is this um this encyclopedia this history book we can go back to but you know i kind of think that i'm like a student of the sport but i just happen to get lucky and sideswipe something here and there those guys really know it yeah and i'm i'm pulling up here right now jerry van dorp you're in screaming demon 2 you know the 986 chassis from 1982 till 2010. Yeah. And actually, I think at that point's when his grandson was stepped in the seat a little bit and was running at Region 2. It just wasn't out as full force. Wasn't Yeah, it? Blake Blake was starting to step in the seat just a little bit, yeah. And now the tractor's um, out in uh, Pennsylvania still with the same uh, same configuration as far as exhaust they have updated the side panels and that you know it's one a of the 1586 old... i don't know why yeah i don't get that i mean it's 986 rear end it's not a 1586 rear end 1586 had planetary rear drives but whatever is what it is but uh you know it's a tractor that just to me will always hold a sweet spot and jerry probably one of the longest running pullers ever was pulling up until into his middle eighties. Yeah. You know, was. I can imagine what an adrenaline rush and you know, how much my heart would get pumping as a 28 year old guy getting on there for, for a guy in his eighties to get on a 2,500, 3000 horsepower diesel super stock. I, I could imagine the thrill for him still, you know, uh, he's not the only one. I mean, how late was Henry? Pi- Henry Piper was still driving a light super guy. I think he was in his nineties. Yeah, that's a name I for- completely forgot about. Just another one of those that's out there. But yeah, you you talked about uh, a Max, and and I've mentioned it on the show before too. And, and the guy that where it all begins for me is Tom Harmon. Um, in recent years, well, actually not even it's not even so much recent years. It goes back. 
um, quite a while uh, for him into the into the late 1980s that he's been a pro stock puller. Um, but prior to that, he had a light super. It was a 686 International Twin Charger, and that was the first introduction to me. That, that my earliest conscious memory of a particular tractor. Yeah, I went to poles from two and a half on, but that was my earliest one that I specifically remembered. That one, and one that only local guys are going to get is uh, Ronnie Vorbeck's 200, Alice Chalmers 200, that ran in, you know, the, the local farm farm stock classes around here. But those. It really starts with Tom, and I'm happy to say that tractor is actually still running. It's out in Illinois running as a light super even today called the City Slicker. Yeah, that was one I didn't realize. You know, that was a little predating for me. Actually, I'm looking right now. Uh, this That was 86 and 87 were the only years they're showing running nationally. So that would have been before I was even born. So that one was really formative for you. But for me, you know, we'll go back to the talking of you know, with my brothers choosing one or the other, Alex was always one bad apple of the Raps family, Dan Rapp at the time, and later on Jeff. And uh, I was always Tom in Preparation H. You know, they were they ran heads up, both 966 chassis. And, uh, you know, they were both local guys. You know, Tom's family delivered propane to my great-grandma's farm, you know, way back when, you know, back when, Cobb was just starting the business, you know. Yeah. So, you know, there's always that tie to me for that tractor. But one that I know my brother would say is his favorite of back the time is not one who's local, but one that actually comes out of New Palestine, Indiana. Ah, yes. Another great one. Tim Kane and the Red Gambler. Yeah. Another 966 people. chassis that has been there forever and has always been a threat but you know he's kind of fallen by the wayside another one that has another connection for us because the you know the first elky mining for dollars went down to the Kane family and became yeah. the first as aces wild first aces wild of chris yeah. Kane's. i got to know them pretty well back when i was going to the farm show every year and you know was renewing my seats uh, regularly uh, t Tim and Chris sat right next to us down at the farm show. So I got to know them pretty well. Great people. Wow. That I wish I could say that, but you know, it's, you get back and one tractor I know really holds a dear spot for you and I now. And to me, that'll always be a legend tractor is the one bad apple of originally the rap family. Now the deck family. Yeah. And, uh, Mom used to get cider and donuts on Saturday mornings from Raps Orchards, and we'd, you know, I'd go down there with her, and occasionally you'd see it sitting outside the shop or sitting outside the barn back, you know, back behind the the store. But for all that, being born and raised in Romeo, I never knew Dan personally. I was too young, Did, just didn't know him, and I had never met Jeff until the Armada Fair this year. Yeah, that that still blows my mind, you know. But, you know, that's one attractor, Dan tragically getting, you know, getting killed and uh, Jeff taking the seat and running it for a few years. And when that tractor, you know, went to Harmon's, it was okay, you know, you know, great that this tractor is still staying local. And then we heard the other, you know, the, the kind of, to me, like scariest words you can hear is the tractors up for sale. Yeah. 
And the first thing we heard is the tractor's going to Nebraska. And my first thought is, I am never going to see that tractor again. That tractor will be no more. And lo and behold, we've gotten to be good, become very good friends with the current owners, Brian yeah. Deck. And now this year I got to meet Rod Deck, both two really great people. I know people have their opinions about them, but they've always been very good to me. Yeah, Brian's and, always been been aces for, for, for me personally, yep. And uh, they kept the tractor. And what impressed me is two years ago, I went down to Armada, or to Bowling Green right before Armada, and I actually got to meet Brian Deck in person for the first time. We communicated over Facebook and that. But what impressed me is you get up close, it is still the same side panels that Dan ran you know, for how many years with the airbrushing on the side, and they are beat up, they are weathered, they are worn, but they are still the original ones. On the fender, it still says in memory of Dan Rapp. You know, the only thing that isn't on the tractor that was there from when you and I watched it growing up, Charles, is the Rapp's family orchard on the cowling over the original fuel tank. That's the only thing that's not there. You know, yes, the tractor's gone through many, many changes, but as far as the sheet metals and the looks, the tractor's still the same. Yeah, sure is. You know, one of the coolest things for me is this year I got the opportunity to go down Friday to Bowling Green like I always do, but I got the opportunity to work the pit crew for the Deck family and, you know, be part of the One Bad Apple pulling team. And, you know, it was really cool, you know, because I don't know how much you remember this, Charles. You probably do, but uh, the Rap family kind of went through a resurgence with the tractor for a bit just before they sold it off. Um, with Jeff getting in the seat, they're pumping out the shirts that we see out there. Tom Klein rocking yeah. one every pull he goes to, because I think it's the only shirt he owns pulling related anymore. But <laughs> but you know, well, Tom he, can actually Tom can actually boast that he's driven it. Yeah, yeah, yes, he has. How does that guy get in the seat of so many tractors? I don't know. He must have naked pictures or something <laughs> of many, many pullers. So that, go and figure. Funny, there's, there's another guy speaking of that, you know, bo- again, being born and raised in Romeo, he grew up literally. I can, I can see his house from my parents' house where I grew up and I never knew the guy. That boggles my mind, but you know, the rap family, they were selling them shirts down there. And then next thing you know, the tractor sold, but Thank you to the Deck family for keeping that tractor what it is. You know, that year, you know, two years ago, they brought it back to Armada for the first time in how many years, you know, since the tractor was sold, it came back to Armada. Not the first time. They they brought it back uh, for a June or July Southwestern Ontario pull there. Yes. And like 07 or 08, they were there. But it was the first time for the fair since yeah, the tractor Yeah, first time for the left. fair, yep. Correct. Yeah. To me, that means more than, you know, the, the spring power days that they had, which were fun. But, and, uh, at the same time, it was the first year that, uh, Ronnie Rorbeck had passed, you know, first yeah. pull since that. So it was emotionally charged, you know, weekend to begin with. And then one bad apple pulls in and it touches the track. I know I got chills. I'm sure you did up in the oh, announcer's sure. birth. It just was a surreal thing. And, Brian said, yeah, I'm going to keep coming back, you know, that he realizes what passion and love there is for that tractor still. Uh, I keep, it's, 
it's for sale right now and it's all been gone gone through and it's fresh and i keep checking my lotto tickets maybe that thing will wind up back in romeo yet so well let's look into the clock here let's take another break uh give our sponsors a listen to uh this is sidetracked on pulling radio network have you ever been waiting in the staging lanes to pull and had that rumbling in your stomach find you parked too far from the port of john's in the pits going down the road and can't quite make it well thanks to pedal to metal it's no longer an issue our newest design for pullers from pedal to the metal the new port stool slash pulling hitch combo will be there for you made a two inch solid stock easily the strongest most most sturdy port stool on the market able to handle them huge behinds fully adjustable with over 18 inches of adjustment in half inch increments just by removing two pins makes hitch height changes quick and easy allowing you to change height for class or for the most comfort for personal use seat and hitches are available in whatever color you desire so you can customize to your vehicle just another way pedal of the metal is making pulling life easier and we're back with sidetracked on pulling radio network once again, going on with our legends and heroes and our picks on uh, who stands out in our lives. Uh, my I'm name's sure Rams. we haven't even we haven't even touched all of them. <laughs> oh God, no! We can talk for hours on this, but uh, like we said, you know, some big losses for us in the past past two three days have really influenced and uh, allowed us to get more reminiscent about what's going on. And plus a lot of uh, videos that are surfacing that are really helping with that. And it's kind of cool, too, because really we've put a ton of effort into our past shows and and trying to bring you some strong content and have some real opinions. And we're going to do that in the future. That's our promise to you. But when we started this show way back in October, when we first started talking about it, what we wanted to bring to you was a replication of the conversations you and I used to have sitting in a shop or in the pits or on bar stools. And that's what tonight is guys stream of consciousness. It's us just, just flowing on this because let's face it. Neither one of us is in an emotional state to handle real heavy stuff. Yeah, definitely been some bad blows for us this week. Uh, once again, Johnny, we miss you buddy. And you kind of help spur about this, uh, this episode and i hope you guys enjoy it as much as we are just because this is something a little different for us it isn't that technical knowledge but it is what made us and got us to the point where we're at now in uh our knowledge and love for the sport it is a family sport and and while we are tech driven and, and we're about the machinery it still is about the people we have those strong relationships same as you do and tonight it's tonight it's us blowing off some steam and remembering good old days and remembering people we thought thought highly of and and having that cathartic moment and trying to get get a little bit closure and and kind of get past what we've had to deal with so we'll keep rolling you know uh we've got some classes we haven't touched you know you know we can roll in unlimited mods you know names that stand out you know joe stocks are in that but you know one that stands out to me steve klingenberg yeah west michigan guy yeah the you know the one bad habit and god that guy could break some stuff could he ever you know <laughs> you know and that's one that stands out and if we want to get to the breakage part a name that stands out is a guy that comes out of port port clinton ohio 
He's still doing it. Still doing it. And that's, but he turns the wrenches himself, so respect, my brother. Oh, absolutely. Jeff Hurt has nothing but the utmost respect. But, you know, watching him, you know, he's put a couple years on, as we all have. But, you know, his younger years, he's a lot feistier than he was now. And it always stood out to me, you know, every pass, it seemed, you know, one bad apple. Or not one bad apple, but, uh, oh, now I'm drawing a Running bear. Running bear. Running bear one through four would blow something and he would be off the tractor. The side panels would be off the tractor before it even stopped moving. And then would come the famous helmet throw and jacket throw as he walks off the track. <laughs> yeah. I actually remember the days when running bear was still diesel and it was, it was bill in the seat, not Jeff. Cause Jeff wasn't old enough to, to drive yet. Yeah, I'm, I I really remember it from when Jeff was get just getting into it, you know, and that, uh, you know, and man, has he come a long way with it. You know, now sponsorships have gone, you know, it was funny when he first left and went to the case chassis, you know, it was kind of a joke because he yeah, finally gave up the Alice's, but, you know, the V8s have kind of given him some uh, breath of life into, uh, into his uh, pulling team and kind of given him some respite from... Uh, the nightmares he went through with the 426s for so many years. Well, and he did. He was. He kind of went his own way though too. But in, in between there, by trying to make the Deutz work, you know, him and uh, yeah. Dennis Johnson with Shag Nasty were kind of the only two guys who really went with it. And and the hurt, uh, the, you know, Jeff sold the tractor, or the engine, not the chassis, but the engine anyway, off to uh, uh, Lustix. And and you know, his old arch rival enemy, Jordan Lustig. After a year, even they kind of threw their hands up and went, "Yeah, I, we, we aren't going to make this thing go either." <laughs> you know, he was always local enough for us. You know, he's from right just uh, east of Toledo, so you'd see him at a lot of polls up here with uh, the Region Two group. And you yeah. know, it was another one growing up. You know, seeing that one, uh, Punkin' Gone Man. Uh, you know, Dibley's. Yeah. You know, another one that you know it's still out there, and you know, you every. Every year, I, past couple of years, I've seen him in uh, Bowling Green with it, and I got to take a picture of it. Nothing's changed on the tractor, but it's one of those that just always stands out in your head. You know, the once again, the tractors with the murals on the side or something that stands out oh, more yeah. than just a pool paint schemes. You know, you know Tom Dickerson, the Twenty Mule Team. You know, Sandhill Binder, um, One Bad Apple. You know. The, these tractors that had the murals on the side, you know, it always stood out, you know, as a throwback to the semi trucks of the uh, 70s, 80s and early 90s, you know, it always carried through. And I know that was my dad's dream always was to have a tractor with the mural on the side panel, you know, the old school airbrushing and not this modern graphic stuff. Yeah, there was no vinyl cuts. There was nothing like that. No, this was all airbrush and you paid good money to have it done. And some of the prettiest tractors you'd ever see, you know. Another tractor that stands out in my mind that it just popped in my head and we've seen a resurgence of once again on uh, on social media is a tractor from, you know, the southern part of the state, Ohio area, Ed Clock, the Red Hot. Yeah, that's another one. That's in, and you can't, you almost have to say Norm Wire's name in the same, same breath, the old Bonnie pro, cause they kind of yep. went hand in hand and they're both over in Europe pulling together now, or, yeah. you know, both over pulling in Europe. 
you know, Obani, I follow their, uh, them on Facebook, you know, they're kind of a pro farm tractor over here is the best, what you could call it. You know, it's not, uh, not a super farm or a pro stock anymore. It's kind of a hot farm, pro farm type thing, you know, and then come to find out red hots over there now running with a completely different paint scheme that I ever would have thought seeing on that tractor, you know, but you know, it was one of those, even Bowling Green up till a few years ago, the class was still sponsored by Ed Clock and Ed Clock Trucking. Yeah, sure was. Yep. Yeah, I yeah, I'd forgotten that. You're right. Yes, it was. And it was always cool to me to see a guy who's no longer actively competing in the sport was still very, very active in supporting the sport. And uh, you know, you kind of forget when the pullers are no longer in the seat that they're still coming to the polls and still enjoying them. They're just doing it in a spectator method, you know, in a spectator method that, you know, for so many years they didn't get to, so to speak, enjoy as much. Yeah. And you know what? You brought up Southern Michigan tractors and and that takes me to another one that um, still don't really know. It hasn't been said. We've, we've found some relatives of his on Facebook, but no one has really said other than to say that it's quote unquote in Ohio was John Stashnik out of Manchester and the Polish Express, John Deere Super, from back in the 90s. And, and you talk about Charlie Wilcox earlier, all the experimentation they did with different tire cuts and bar sizes and shapes and designs. John was one of those guys who did the same thing. He tried some of the craziest stuff on a tire cut that I've ever seen, and then the thing just kind of disappeared. It, it went to the moon, and, and hadn't pictures are few and far between. Hadn't ever seen any video of it until now, thanks to Jim Broll with the stuff I've been working on lately. You know, I get to reconnect with that. You know, that that, that was cool to find. Then to come to find, what was it, his son we found on Facebook? And I don't know, his son or nephew or, yeah. It was yeah. his son, and uh, that's one I think we're going to push a little more to find out who actually ended up with the tractor. But, you know, another one of them tractors you always saw, you know, you Tom Hartzell, very influential for me with announcing. I know some with you, not as much as the extent of what I, you know, as I use his announcing style. But, no. you know, it was one of the few tractors you'd see out there with the rare find of a triple cut tire. Yeah, he was he was one of those guys. And he, he tried triple cuts. He had one point in time he ran a tire that was a zero degree cut which just nobody does, but he tried it. It was cool. Kind of a sand paddle like tire. Yeah. Yeah. Sure was. And, and some other Southern Michigan tractors that stick out too. the Fry and Hydra team, uh, uh, Fry at the German deer and, and Brian Hydra, the up and smoke 1086. And that tractor was one that he went out West and bought, brought here to Michigan, ran it for a number of years. And it went back there. It's, it's back out West with the outlaws again. Uh, just some, another couple influential tractors here from here in Michigan. You know, another one that stands out in my head is just blowing smoke. Ah, uh, certain Cheesic machine. And, you know, it was one of those tractors, another one with a beautiful mural on the side. It was. It really was. And you know what? He That tractor sticks in my head for a good reason, too. Back, I want to say this would have been 03 or so. At, at Louisville's where I noticed it because you could really hear inside Freedom Hall something is different. Just it didn't it didn't sound like anything else. 
he goes down the track and like, wow, what was that? What the hell was that? There's, there's something going on here. And he did well enough to be top three or top four, whatever it was on that particular night. So they shove him back in the corner close to where our seats were. And they start pulling side panels off and you could see equal length, uh, tuned exhaust manifold and like oh that is cool yeah it was one of them you always saw the big velocity stack coming out of the front of it you know and uh it, it was you know mike cheesick you know i i, I have a love-hate relationship with the cheesick team but you know it's still one of them tractors you go back and yeah mike did put the seat time in and uh it was just one of them tractors that stood out you know there's you know, Wampus Cat, another one, you know, that stood out, yeah. been around for years, you know, and uh, it was the mural era of tractors, I guess you could call it. And uh, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, but, yeah, definitely one to bring up is Mike Cheesick. One of my favorite pictures that I took of that tractor would have been 2003 at Monroe, Michigan, the Grand National, and, and Mike couldn't be there for whatever reason. And so he had Jay Ruff drive for him and Jay made the pull off with, I want to say preparation H and I forget who the third guy was somebody else. But anyway, I got a picture of Jay Ruff blowing through 300 feet on an international harvester tractor. And meanwhile, he's got this helmet and fire suit that is all just John Deere stuff. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you just brought something up there. Something, you know, we don't see anymore, and I know you and I talked about, is the days of the pro stocks jumping up to the super stocks. Well, yeah. I mean, that brings me right back to Romeo, that thought, with one bad apple back in the late 1990s and and Jeff Rapp taking the Region 2 pro stock and super stock titles in the same year. I I think that's a one-of-one. He's the only guy to do it. And, you know, later on to come to find out, you know, is talking with Pat Genuine, he said they used to change turbos between passes. They had their really? super stock turbo and they had their pro stock turbo in Why later would it years. Be, in, with pro being in an open charger class, I, boy, that that's a conversation that needs to happen. Why would you do that? He he told us about it, you know, when we were down in Gordyville. He goes, Yeah, we used to change turbos hot between the classes. And I never did get a chance to ask him why. You know, it, like you said, it doesn't make That's sense with an open charger versus that. But maybe there was something they found worked better in the um, pro, you know, in super stock as opposed to pro stock. You know, but well, it was, maybe they had to run at eight thousand, or they had to drop it. Actually, back then they had to probably drop it down to seventy five hundred versus ten thousand. Maybe it was an exhaust housing change because you could change turbo and keep keep it lit on the big end versus changing a changing a gear in the rear end because you wouldn't have time to do that. And maybe they didn't have the ratios and the transmission. So maybe it was an exhaust, a, a turbine change just to keep it lit on, you know, in a higher gear at a lighter weight. And that was how they compensated. Maybe that's the story. I'd love to hear it, but that's kind of my, my thought. But, you know, we we're, we're running close on time here, but you know, two wheel drive trucks in this area, you know, dirt track Cadillacs, one that really stuck out in my head with the wood side. You know, yep, Dave Lamar, you know, always saw him over in Inwood, and that's where we saw a lot of our two-wheel drives. Two-wheel drives weren't super prevalent in this area for many, many years. You know, they were, but they weren't, you know. And the only time you really got to see a lot of them 
was when you went over to Inwood, you'd see Dave Walsh with the Irish Challenger. You know, you'd see Dave Lamar. You'd see Tom LaRue back in the day, you know. You know, there was a lot of names that you didn't see. You know, it was my first time seeing uh, Petro's run. You know, the names go on, you know. And uh, I, I guess I really don't have any two-wheel drive heroes other than Dave Lamar and Dirt Track Cadillac just because, you know, it's you didn't see it, and that one just stood out. It was just a beautiful-looking truck. I remember, well, I have two. And one is the guy who, he was an announcer at Bowling Green for, for a handful of years, and he appeared on a videotape that was very influential to me as a kid, it was the Turning the Power On TNT Motorsports video, and it was Ken Lamont, the Midnight Express El Camino, and he really went through the truck. He explained why it was set up the way it was, how they changed the gears, how you drive one of them off the starting line, and so I kind of gravitated towards him as a, as a competitor, but the other guy who really, really, really made a massive impression on me, and I'm dying to know where the hell this truck is, George Stinnett's psycho wheel stander. I have been trying to find this truck for 15 years. I'm the last person to see it as it was. I have, there's video on my YouTube page of it back in, oh, I think it was 2000 or 2000. Yeah, it's 2000. It was for sale on the side of Armada Ridge, east of Armada, and then it disappeared. And I heard rumors that maybe it became a, a sand race truck. I haven't been able to verify any of that. I did see a year or two later, somewhere between Armada and KPAC to the, to the northwest of Armada, on the side of the road one day for sale, uh, what looked like a mini rod. It was the original chassis, I believe, cut up, you know, body was gone, set up to be a mini rod, but... I, this thing's a ghost, and myself and Mike Krieger from over in London, Ontario, the two of us would love to find this truck if we can. Mike would love to have it and restore it. He's got the means to do so. It's a project that we've both been collaborating on for uh, probably we've been go we've been going back and forth on this now for for four or five years. If you know something about where Psycho went, please say something, even just to give us closure that yeah, he went to a crusher or whatever. And a means to get it. a hold of us to do that, AP at sidetrackpulling.com or on Facebook, shoot us a message at Sidetracked with Armstead and Post. Please. Because this is one, we kind of got a little more info, but it's nothing definite. Uh, this past year, we saw some stuff come out. But like and I said, nothing because, definite. Yeah, you know, everything that comes back through social media message boards, every time the subject comes up, it winds up being information that comes right back to me. Oh, well, somebody saw it as a mini ride or it was a sand race truck or here's this video. That all comes back from me. I'm the last guy to have that. So if you got something new to add to the story, please, please get a hold of us because Mike Krieger and I are dying to find this truck. Uh, you know, another one that just popped in my head of the two-wheel drives is Standout, Kodiak Bad Bear, and uh, another one, Christina Stockett. And stock rockets. rockets. The and the valve cap. covers ran the Brad Adderson engines, uh, and on the valve covers it said BAE, big ass explosion. You know, and that was, you know, I I guess I still hold, you know, you got three boys toy that runs over in Canada that's a turbocharged two wheel drive C cab, and it just something about them just I love the looks of it. I honestly I can tell you where that comes from is I had a little 
matchbox car from back i was probably four years old that my mom sent away so many upcs to kellogg's and they sent us this c cab ford truck with kellogg's on the side you know what i think i had one of them too and i guess i've just always it's it, it i i always tie the two together so the c cab look to me is just awesome i'm tired of tea buckets <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's something different. But another guy, another guy, I got to highlight uh, comes out of Ohio, um, the Black Widow Chevrolet, um, uh, Tom Arps. Yep, one of the first to get in it. I think he started back in 1983, and he, he was a fixture with U.S. Hot Rod, with Wolverine, and and various other groups. And in 2000 at Hillsdale, I went down there to to watch the show, and by luck of the draw wound up sitting next to him for the entire pull and, and had the opportunity to chat with him. Wow. The stories he told wonderful man. Uh, actually, if you go, if you go to my YouTube page, there's a, there's a, there's a short clip I did where I, I isolated, um, unfortunately for Jim Martell, a bad run, he blew up some engines. And at the end of the clip, you can hear, did you get that? And that's Tom's voice asking if I got it on tape. So cool guy awesome awesome to have that have that special night with him you know we're running out of time here but beings we're from michigan a class we have to highlight and not a class we saw on this silo state till later on you know or later on our pulling lives and you know in the 2000s is the semi-truck class yes now known as super semis but Larry Carey from Morley, Michigan, still, you know, you talk about pulls from Michigan, the Morley area, you know, Morley, Big Rapids, Howard City area. Dodge is, Fever is a legend. That They're a legend there. I drove past their place on old 131 when I, you know, I'd go to college in Fer at Ferris State. But I, I remember my dad telling me growing up, is you went for semi-truck pulls you went to the west side of Michigan. That's where the hotbed was. And, you know, I yeah. heard rumors from my cousins of the Columbus, Ohio area. Um, you know, uh, RJ Collins, you know, you know, shooting yeah. flames out. You know, I heard stories about them, but it was always that, you know, west side, you know, a Michigan area. So some sure big names was. there, you know, you know, Greg Hibbets, you know, another one. Yeah. Love them, hate them, whatever you want to do, but, you know, really big with it. So we're out of time. Uh, thank you for tuning in to Sidetracked. If there's anything you want to get a hold of us about, anything we've talked about, something you'd like us to bring up in the show, we're more than willing to uh, do You know, any bit. If you have something you want us to cover on, just shoot us a message at AP at SidetrackPulling.com or via Facebook, Sidetrack Pulling with Armstead and Posh. And uh, just give us your feedback. Let us know, you know. All our stuff is available at sidetrackpulling.com or on SoundCloud via the Pulling Radio Network. Um, so just let us know what you have to say and what you think. And uh, with that, Charles, you got anything you want to finish up? Yeah, thanks so much for, for listening to us tonight and, and tolerating our trip down memory lane. It's something we, the two of us, just had to do and had to get out there. And, and once again, i got to thank Mr. Engineer and Life Media Tech Solutions, thank you so much for everything you do for us, making us sound good, even though I sound like crap because I'm on a cell phone connection tonight. 
Thank you, sir. I appreciate everything you've done for us. Always happy to do it. So once again, uh, Life Media, one of our sponsors, look them up for anything you need. Um, their information's on their commercial. With that, my name's Armstead. I'm Posh. Have a great night. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. That was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, It though. could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo. Get out my trailer. I want you out.